0: And when you talk about, go, let's go to electric, so it will be even better. First thing, it is about three or four times more expensive. So we will have, we have the money we have, it will be enough to, work, to buy fewer buses. So we'll have older buses running. Actually, it will be worse, not better. And the second thing is, we have 29 thermoelectrics working in, in uh, Sierra, our state to give us energy. So that energy will come from diesel, carbon, and gas. So if it it's all carbon emission the same way, it actually makes no sense. Welcome to Transit
1: Unplugged. I'm Paul Comfort. Good to be with you on another edition of the world's leading transit executive podcast, Transit Unplugged. In-depth this week with Demis Bahera, yeah. who is president of Sandion Bus
0: in Fortaleza, Brazil. Thank you, my friend, for being on the show. Thank you, Paul. It's a pleasure to be here again. Yes. And uh, talk a little about uh, our service, uh, the transportation in in Brazil and in Fortaleza area. Very good. So we are right now in Brazil.
1: We are in Brasilia, the capital, for a big conference called the NTU Conference. I've been meeting with a lot of the uh, public transportation bus company owners and officials here. We just had a breakfast this morning where I spoke to them about what's happening in public transit around the world. So I'm excited to learn from you, Dimas, what's happening down here in
0: Brazil and in Latin America. Good. This is a a conference that we have every year. Uh, Almost all all parts of Brazil, uh, they have uh, people representing them here. Uh, Some mostly from the the bus companies that in Brazil, they are uh, private owners and also from government uh, regulators, They, they also come and uh we do that every year so we can talk about and and listen to what's happening in every part and share our experiences so it gets better everywhere
1: tell us about uh your personal life saman you used to be
0: uh like a motorcycle guy right yes motorbikes yes motorcycles are part of my life i started to work i like to say it's such a big part of my life that i started to work when i was 15 because i wanted to buy uh, motorcycle and I kept working because I wanted to buy a better motorcycle. <laughs> so it's yeah. kind of one of the <laughs> first motivations that put me to work. Yeah, and uh, I always loved to ride motorcycles. I had an accident uh, a while ago. It was pretty dangerous one. People was were worried about me, and uh, I got out for four days. It was actually kind of quick, but at the beginning, when when they talked to the to the, the doctors. They they couldn't say how long I would be sleeping if I would I would. I would you were in a coma. Up. Yes, I was yeah. in a coma, and it was uh, coma. I, I don't know how to explain that technically, but coma there there are kind of like degrees of coma. Okay, and I was in the worst degree. I had no response at all. Wow. So that was that. What was make it, what made it so hard to yes for people to to know if I was going to wake up or or if I was going to have. Defects, right? Permanent damage. Yeah, permanent yeah. damage. Yeah, because of that, and uh, it was pretty miraculous, right? That you came out and now yes. you're fine. I was, I fell down from a from a bridge, right? I don't know why, because I have no memory. Okay, maybe I passed out or something. I was yeah. very slow. I was, uh, I stopped before the bridge and uh, waited for a car to a car to come by. Uh, it, only one car would pass by that bridge. It was uh, uh, a real small
1: bridge, yeah, a yeah, small yeah.
0: bridge, and then. Uh, I, uh, when I started to go, uh, I know that because the, the person that that saved me, she saw and she didn't understand that. When I started to run real slow, I was uh, uh, stopped by the bridge, and then I started to go. Something happened. I don't know if I passed out or something. And the the motorcycle felt fell to the right, and I fell to to the left down the river, off the bridge into off the, the river. Bridge into the How river. How far of a fall was that? Uh, and it, it's kind of like eight meters, and. Uh, I, I hit a, a rock, oh, man. the river was very shallow, but I hit that rock there, which uh, break my tooth and stuff. So I, I was with my face down to the water. Actually, it was very shallow, but I was, I was with my face down to the water, and I stayed oh, there for like five drowned. minutes. Yeah, yeah, Your I was face driving. was in the water. Yes, I was going to drown in, in something like 30 centimeters of oh my water. Gosh. And uh, she wow. started to scream. And uh, a bike ride, bike riders that were a little fired, that they listened to that and they came to help. So after about five minutes, they took me out of the water. But I was, I was were you? Did you like die? Yes, I my thought heart so. stopped three times. Yeah, one of the times I stayed forty minutes. Your heart stopped for forty minutes. Forty minutes, but but they did not stop to. Oh, they were doing the compressions. Okay, left, yeah. Compressions, and also uh, growing into my mouth. Yeah, CPR. Yes. But for 40 minutes, it's, Wow, damas uh, I, don't I know mean, that's how, a miracle but, that you yes. lived. Then the, it, uh, it came a helicopter, and they, they had uh, an artificial breather there yes. in the helicopter. Okay. And they put, him, put me into that, uh, and oh. put me in the helicopter, and they took me to the hospital and stuff. So when how? I got to the hospital, the doctor said, okay, we're going to keep him here in the, in the breathing uh, machine here, but we don't know if he's going to wake up. Right. The coma isn't the last degree. And uh, my, my lungs were 80% uh, full of water. And uh, so my wife took me back to, to Fortaleza to stay in the hospital because she said, I don't know how long right. it's going to stay like that and I, I have to take care of him there. Right. And four days after, uh, the, actually the third day in the night, they, they scanned my, my, my head and said, something happened here and uh the edema you know that word the full of blood and water yes it's gone something happened here and then a few hours later i woke up do you have any idea what what happened how how you no wow is, i just got better real quick that's and, amazing uh, i woke up and i have no permanent no wow. damage at all right well, i have a scar a Little scar A scar a, yeah a I, I can't I grew, even see it so yeah, yeah. um how long ago was that? When did that happen? It was uh, November uh, 2020, 2020. Wow. Three years, almost well, three I'm glad years.
1: you made it through, brother. So tell me about public transportation here in Brazil just in general, because it is operated very differently than in America. As you know, in America and in Canada and in places in Europe, the government either runs public transportation or puts out tenders and contracts with private companies such as yourself to run some of that. But it's very different here in Brazil, isn't
0: it? Yes, Uh, we cannot confuse one thing. It's not a market. It's always public service. The operators, uh, which is almost 100%, it must be uh, certainly above 95%, they are private uh, companies, but they are only operating as the public uh, uh, runners, the mayor, or sometimes the governor, because sometimes it is metropolitan regions. So that's up to the state. And when, when it is in the city, it's up to the, the, the city hall. So uh, it is uh, uh, determined by, the, by them. So the operator will have to, to run the service as they tell them to do. As
1: the government so it regulates is, it. Yes, yes.
0: regulates it. So it is public service always. Uh, the, the operators won't decide how much they want to charge, who pays and who doesn't, how many buses, how many kilometers they will have to operate as it is determined. So it's not a market. Just okay, this, that's it's, good. It's yeah. good to point. And uh, mostly in Brazil, uh, it is private owners, private companies. But uh, we had experiences. Now it's very hard to find. There are very few, but most of the experiences we had were not that good. The service did not get very good. Is
1: this when the government ran? yeah Okay, yeah.
0: When there are public companies, not only the service was not that reliable, a lot of uh, the planning did not happen as the service did not happen as planned or something like that. And also it got very expensive because they have uh, the government has a hard time to to run the company with the the right amount of people to do it and, and stuff like that. So it kind of uh, got disappearing, the, 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 the public companies, and most of it is private Friendly companies. Right, yeah. yeah.
1: So, in, so tell us about your city, Fortaleza, and how
0: it works there. Fortaleza is a, a big city. It's the fourth biggest city in Brazil. Uh, we're talking about um, almost, I think, 2,700,000 people just in the city, plus the metropolitan region, let's say 500,000 more. Okay. And uh, we have two different systems. We have one system inside the city of Fortaleza, bus, com- bus system. Uh, it is nowadays 10 companies in this system. And we also have the metropolitan region. It's a different system run by the state with uh, six uh, private companies. So we have in total 16 uh, companies and uh, around 1700 buses running in these two systems between all those companies? Yes, between all these 16 companies. And all those
1: companies form a bus union, right?
0: Yes. Tell us about that. We have a bus union. It is called Cindy Onibus. I've been uh, leading this this union with uh, the colleagues and and, uh, a team of uh, technicians and and, and expertise, uh, people that have the expertise for, uh, I think, 13 years now. And uh, that's how we develop things in the city. It's not up to any company. We decide it all together and we oh. do it one pattern uh, and it works. Uh, we call it integrated. I think it, it makes sense in English too. Yes. Yeah. It works integrated with it all. So we have uh, policies, like let's let's show you uh, two different policies that, that works in these systems. We call bilhete uh, único, it's a, a, a unique ticket in, in the city that you have two hours to go to as many buses as you want okay, and not pay a second, a second ticket. And if you come from the system that it is the metropolitan region to the system that runs in the city, which is, uh, uh, happens a lot, most of the people do that, you also have a smaller price in the second trip that the government will pay for. So it's something to, to uh, stimulate people to, to do that, to use public transportation, and it gets cheaper in this way.
1: So in the city, you could buy this ticket, and you could ride any of the companies. Yes. Okay. Any other companies? And Impressa One is that the company that helps
0: do this? Yes, we have a lot of things uh, uh, implemented with Impresa One. You can pay your your uh, your tickets with the card or with your phone with QR code, QR code. We are also uh, on the verge of implementing NFC uh, payments with the, the, the your, your uh, cell phone, your your mobile. And also, we will have the, the card, the virt- virtual card in the phone. So all, the, all the, the, the features that you have, and we have different types of cards. You can be a student, you have different features for that. You can have a bilhete that I just told you. You can have different and you have different features for that. And your card can be virtually in your phone. That's what we're uh, just about to implement uh, uh, this year. It's uh, the uh, yes. their implementation of the year. But we also have DRT with this uh, demand response, responsive transit. Uh, I think that, that's that's what it stands for. Yes, it is an app uh, like like we uh, we do we have uh, available in all the world for individual transportation. You use the app, but in our case, it is a bus. The mm-hmm. bus will come. It will pick you up. There's no time established. Uh, there's no uh, route established. It, the app will make it for you, but. When you decide, uh, uh, when you pick a ride with with the bus to a certain destination, any other person that can use that ride, the app will find them and they will join you. It's a shared ride. It's a shared ride. Okay. And uh, is this something new you all are doing? We started that in December 19. We didn't know that China was starting something different there, Uh, a virus. So it it kind of like got us right on the beginning. We we launched it. Oh, right the before sem- the pandemic. Yes, right been- before. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, December the fifth, we ro- we launched it, and the first it- lockdown was March. That's right. Uh, Twenty. Yeah. So it, it hit us hard at that time, and uh, something that was kind of like uh, uh, something to try out, and uh, and uh, it was a pilot. I don't know if, you, if you yes, that yeah, what we sense. use, Yeah, it pilot, and uh, so we 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 were we held three years. Yes. not knowing right. Uh, and how is how it to working test now? The market? It, it is working good, we expanded. It started with um, 18 buses, now we have 36. Are they the, smaller buses or are they? The... Yes, they're okay. smaller buses, they're yeah. sprints, sprinters. Uh, they, you can ride 13 passengers okay. uh, in these buses, yeah. all seated, nobody stands. We plan to get to 50 buses soon. How is that being paid for? That's one thing that's uh, particular in Brazil that's nice to talk about. In this, this system is Top Bus Plus, we say Top Bus Mais in Brazil and uh it, it is all paid by the user only wow. the passengers it's, uh, it's it's not a established price it right. depends on the ride and the time oh. but there's no dynamic pricing oh no dynamic not pricing. like uber where it could no, go up not and not like, demand. Not, okay. not, not like uber okay uh, actually what we say is that it is the modern transit like where, where everybody likes in the world uh, to use it's something made for you when you need there's no lane established but we respect All the public laws, the the local laws, like our bus drivers, they are contractors, they're hired by a company. They have their rights. The bus is owned by a company. If something happens, if an accident happened or something, you have a company that will take care of it, that will take responsibility for it. And uh, there's no dynamic pricing, so it respects the people. You know by the time you plan to get back or by the time you plan to ride, what you're gonna pay for your ride.
1: And is it, is it breaking even? I mean, is it working? Are you all making enough money to we, make it work?
0: We just got to a certain point. It's not break even, breaking okay. even yet. Okay. Uh, what we, we just got two months ago is we, we stopped paying to, to transport people. Okay. And what was happening is uh, people paid like 10 reels and it was costing like 12, 13. Not now, any, now not anymore. Uh, what we don't we can't uh, we didn't get yet to, to do is to pay for the investments We we don't Oh, the vehicles It's yeah. not it's not profitable yet because okay. the vehicle is there and, and is uh, Getting lower in price and right. stuff, but we're not paying to to ride anymore. Okay, so it's covering the operating costs Yes, it's not covering costs. the capital costs perfect.
1: Yeah. 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 That's good. Interesting. Wow. That's awesome Um and uh, what, uh, it, that sounds like it's powerful software behind that, running that. On your public bus side, I want to jump back to that. That's basically the, this union of bus companies in Fortaleza. Um, do they, uh, is it breaking even or do you have some government subsidy?
0: That's one thing that when we, talk, we started to talk about the DRT, but who pays for it, right. I wanted to talk about. Uh, we, we have a very hard time uh, throughout the pandemic time. I think most yes, of the world right. uh, experienced that. And in Brazil, it is uh, most common uh, to see the systems of buses uh, supported only by the ones who pay. Not everybody pays. We have uh, public p- policies like the other people won't pay, the other people won't pay. Only, uh, the, only the riders Students pay. maybe don't pay. Right. Uh, uh, they ride, but but do oh, not pay. Okay. We have publics that, that won't pay for a ride. They will ride for free. And the ones who pay uh, we also have policies, like I just told you, you can take as many buses as you want throughout two hours. So the people who are really paying for the rider uh, every time they're there, uh, less people, which what makes it expensive for them. So if we don't do something here, these people that, that were supporting the operation, which were the people that ride not, f- not too far and pay, uh, and pay the bus ticket, they will go to individual transportation because it gets too expensive. Right. So it started making no sense for the person. So what started to happen in Brazil is that um, we, we started to have public help with the, with the, the budget. So uh, the, oh, the okay. city halls and uh, states, they started to help to, to support transportation. I know During the US, pandemic, yes. Actually, after the pandemic- it, They're still doing it? Yeah, they're still okay. doing it. And uh, we also have systems like we have in a small city in, in the metropolitan region of Fortaleza. Inside that city, it's for free now. Wow. The mayor uh, got He's there in July all. of um, 21, I guess. July of 21 and said, in September, we start to run for free. It, it, it's called, <laughs> it's, a, uh, it's uh, something that it, I, I, I can't translate. Yeah. It's called Bora de Graça. It's kind of like, uh, it's a joke. Let let's go for free. Like, okay. Like something yeah, like yeah. Hitchhike for free or hitchhike or something okay. like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all the buses are for free, and uh, the demand uh, multiplied by four. I bet you. Uh, it, it is. It, yeah. it just happened. Then another city, uh, close to that one, copied this this mirror but made it a little different. Not everybody is for free, but most most of the people is for free. Also multiplied by four. Wow. Already, and uh, the. Mm. The, the business in town, in, in downtown, uh, they're celebrating it because the, the movement got so much better, uh, they're, they're activating economics there. They're yeah, that's it, good. It's happening very well.
1: One other question about the union of, of bus companies. How do you all decide who gets which routes?
0: Like say you wanna have a new route, do you all bid on it or, or how does that work? That's also interesting. Uh, we have a central planning and the central controlling of operation. So let's 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 put it like this: inside the city of Fertile, we have ten bus companies. And what is the duty of that bus company? Is to have a bus that's ready with maintenance, filled up with uh, fuel, have a trained driver, and deliver it to the central control of everything. So when the bus leaves the garage, mm-hmm. the, the company, it is delivered to the central controller. So we have a central planning, they will tell the company what, li- what lanes they will ride, okay. what routes they will ride, and they will tell the bus driver what to do. So if something changes, like it happens every day, let's say uh, a, a traffic light is out of order, so it messes up the transit there and it has to change something, our, our team that's central for all the, the 10 companies will, will go there and, and take some, some measure to to that. To okay. So it's all centered. Uh, so the central
1: control, is that run by the government or by your companies? No, by, by the the, 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 the company's union. You know, oh, rats. wow. That's interesting. And do, um, so if there was a new route, they would assign it to one of the companies or do you all like bid on it? It's, Let's say you decide there's a new area where there's a lot of people right. and you need to send a bus route there. Who gets to decide who gets to
0: run that? First thing is our, our central planning will talk to the, to the city hall. They have... Uh, regulation uh, people there technicians and they will establish the route okay once that's done it's up to the the bus union to decide what company will ride will, okay. will do that route
1: that's good and are your buses all diesel
0: yes good they're all diesel we don't have any any different thing yet. Electric, electric or or something, yet. Yeah. Is that's,
1: so uh, at my breakfast this morning uh with some of the people here in brazil they told me that um you know, there's uh, electric buses are a lot more expensive than diesel buses and they need more buses. They can't really afford electric buses. Uh, What is the thought generally here with your company, with your union on zero emission buses? That's a big thing, Uh, you know, in America.
0: Yes, Yeah. let's get into that. But uh, usually what I say, uh, people don't like a lot to hear. Okay. (laughs) Let's do it. First thing is, well, we have to understand that we have a pattern of diesel buses. Right now, it's uh, Euro, six, Euro 6. Okay. It's, uh, the emissions are very low.
1: Oh, uh, you have like, a, uh, they call it clean diesel.
0: Yes. Okay, yeah. When you talk about, um, I don't know what that is in English, uh, particular uh, yeah, particular matter, yeah, yeah. matter mm-hmm. it's down 98%. That's a, pro- a local problem. It will make the air uh, bad to, to breathe locally. So uh, uh, that's practically solved. And Fertilizer is uh, nearby the, the ocean city. We have a lot of wind, never had that problem. But let's start with that. It's 98% down. The uh, carbonic gas? Carbon? carbon, Yeah. Uh, it is down by 90% in Euro 6. And when you talk about, go, let's go to electric. So it will be even better. First thing, it is about three or four times more expensive. So we will have, we have the money we have, it will be enough to, work, to buy fewer buses. So we'll have older buses running. Actually, it will be worse, not better. And the second thing is, we have 29 thermoelectrics working in, in uh, Sierra, our state, to give us energy. So, that energy will come from diesel, carbon, and gas. So, if it, it's all carbon emission the same way, it, it, it actually makes no sense. And the problem is, we're we still uh, uh, hurting from the pandemic time. Our fleet used to be three years and a half of age, average. Nowadays, it's eight years of age. So, you didn't have enough money during don't the pandemic have to buy buses. Yes. Right. We, we practically stopped buying them. And uh, so if we go to, to the electric buses, what is the problem? It's not only the investment that is too high. If you take a lifetime of a bus and you do, you, I just did that math uh, um, about a month ago, one of the, uh, the providers came to me with an offer. And uh, if I take, uh, what I put there was investment, energy, yes. diesel or electric energy and maintenance, and I put it there for the whole life and it got 52% more expensive. So if we're not being able to pay for what we have, it is not really the time to get something that much more expensive. And also that's uh, uh, what I just told you about the environment. It's not really good if you don't have the money to buy all of them or a lot of them, it just doesn't make sense. If your fleet will get older, you will actually have more emissions running because you're not accessing the new technology. Let's talk about some of the other
1: challenges and victories that you're having here in Latin America and in Brazil. So in America, a real challenge is we, after the pandemic, a lot of people retired or left uh, the agency. And so we're having trouble getting trained mechanics, bus <laughs> mechanics uh, and
0: drivers. Is that an issue here in Brazil? Yes, uh, it's, uh, it's been like this for uh, mostly all, all the time. Okay. Well, the company's always talked about that. It's hard to get. Uh, people to work with us uh, in the different areas we need. But it got, it, there are certain periods that it got uh, a little um, more difficult. I think we always had that problem. Yeah. Uh, we, we had something like we, we train people inside the company. We get uh, a person that's a mechanic that's like a starter, uh, uh, an apprentice. And, and he, and he stays with, with us uh, for like 20 years and then he gets uh, uh, to be a, a really complete mechanic. Inside the company the same happens with the drivers. We we have other other uh, Functions in, in the company when they want to be a driver we train them And also help them with license and stuff. So that's good uh, That's an issue that we have to deal with. Yes always. Uh, What do you see as the future?
1: Where are you headed overall here in Brazil? Are there any new changes coming like you know in America? They're talking about autonomous vehicles vehicles without drivers vertical takeoff and landing vehicles, which are kind of like helicopters. Uh, they're talking about all kinds of futuristic stuff. What's happening
0: here in Brazil? Well, I think the, the, what's in front of our eyes that we, we can really see, because I see a lot of that with things like we're imagining, and it, it can happen, yes. but it's not really uh, showing up yet. What I think it's, it's coming is this fusion of regular system of uh, public transit and the DRT, the demand response. Yes, the yes. demand response. We are just uh, um, seeing right now to hire a mass app. I don't know if that. Yeah, that really, mobility as a service. Yes, yeah. mobility as a service. And uh, what we're going to do is to make it easier for people to use both of them integrated, so they can have the, the best ride for, for uh, suit for uh, to suit the person's need. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So you think that's that's,
1: that's happening in America too?
0: Yeah, yeah, mobility as a service. It's, yeah, it's okay. That's what you here. see is the future. Yeah. Yes, but it is it's it's started to ha- starting yeah. to happen. We have a, a bike bike share system in Fortaleza, and I also think that will improve integrating uh, with our with our mass um, uh, app. Do you it's see? To, to put yes, that
1: put them into it. That's yes. right. Yeah,
0: that that's
1: good. We do that in the U.S. as well. Do you see um, the government? getting more involved with funding transportation here in Brazil so they would have more money coming in?
0: Yes. Uh,
1: I understand the pandemic, that the Congress, we're here in the capital city of uh, uh, Brazil. And actually, last night, I got to drive by uh, where the Congress meets and where the president works. And um, uh, right near here is where the president lives. It's kind of cool the city was playing for the capital. Yes. But they were telling me Congress is debating putting more money into public transportation. Is that right?
0: Yes, we have a, a huge debate in Brazil right now about that. And uh, one of the the most common proposals about that is that all three stages of government uh, help with that. Federal funding, state's funding, and city hall funding. Why is that? Let's uh, put one thing, Uh, for instance. Throughout the whole Brazil, if you have public transit, everyone that's older than 65 will run for free. That's a federal law. And they have that law, but they don't have who pays for it. (laughs) So everybody rides for free, but if the city doesn't have the money to help to, uh, with transit, actually who's paying for that, that, that person that rides for free is the one that, that pays for, for the ticket. That's what we talked about in the beginning. So it makes to ex- make it too expensive for it. And a lot of uh, examples like that. So, so currently, if you're over 65 in Brazil, you can ride for free. Ride for free. Any but there's not government has-
1: funding for it. So the, the fare for other people have to go up to cover the cost. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay, I
0: got you. Yes. Yeah. We have uh, almost 3,000 cities in Brazil with public transit. Wow. Uh, not, not all of them are here. Yeah, real big, uh, right. Yeah, Real big. But we have like, I think we, we just got that last, last year. I, I think it is around 600 organized public transit cities. So the impact is big. Uh, The city that has, uh, uh, when when they start having trouble maintaining uh, the the system working well, the city hurts with all all kinds of consequences. Uh, People start using individual transportation too much. We don't have the structure for that. So uh, it's kind of like if we say, let's cut the light in the city, the power in the city. People won't just die, but the city won't work. It's the same with uh, transit, uh, public transit. It is part of the infrastructure of the city, so we have to have a way to keep them running, and that's what we're debating right now. Fortaleza never had any kind of public subsidy before, but after the pandemics, we have like from 10 to 15 percent of the of the the supporting the, the financial supporting of the system. It comes from public. Subsidy. That's good. So it's it's starting to happen, and the, the, what we're debating in Brazil is to make that higher, so it, we we can make better bus systems with more quality, more offering, and lower prices. Very good. Well, thank
1: you, Damas, for spending some time with me today talking about public transportation in Brazil. Is there anything else you want to share?
0: Well, there's always a lot to share, but what I think is the the, the debate of the moment is that is how to make how to make transportation cheaper. So if people will use collective transportation. That's what's good for the city, makes the city work. And uh, not only cheaper, but also much better. And uh, also with that, uh, when we talk about public emissions, I think it's another message that we always have to leave is that independent of if your bus is diesel or electric, it can be always be better in these matters. But if you're riding collectively, you're helping with low, uh, lowering uh, carbon emissions. Yes. Public
1: transportation is always the cleaner op- uh, option, isn't it? It is. Yeah, that, that's what good. I was trying to say. Thank you.
2: Hi, this is Mike Bismeyer, transit and kindness advocate, and this is Mike's Minute, where we talk about leadership, mentorship, and kindness with the hopes it'll inspire you to pay it forward. Another amazing week in the world of transit and transit leadership. I had the honor, and I do mean honor, of attending two days of events in my local community where TransLink celebrated 75 years of trolley bus experience. When we talk about leadership, mentorship, and kindness, it's another example of all those traits being wrapped and represented in the local transits that many of us ride on daily. Great leadership from the TransLink media team just in organizing these events, including running two restored trolleys for service for one day. It was amazing to see the public's excitement and anticipation as they line the streets to take pictures and catch a ride, on a part of history and nostalgia. Even more impressive was the representation of mentorship and kindness as one of their retired operators with 41 years of service, which started on the trolleys in 1970, operated one of them for the event. Talk about an amazing representation for the agency, what customer service is all about, and the history of the city he served. We often talk about the image of transit and how many of us don't understand the passion and the many people behind the scenes that contribute to keeping people moving in our communities. We connect with our communities in very different ways, but transit is an integral piece of making that connection. I would challenge all of you to take in some local history of your system. You will be amazed at what's done daily and how it has supported and enriched so many lives for so long. Kindness is cool, but in my eyes, so is transit and the history behind it. Thanks for listening and have a great week.
3: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Transit Unplugged with our guest, Dimas Barrera. Now, next week, we continue the series from Paul's visit to Brazil with Tula Vanderamatos, who is president of a number of transit associations in the south of Brazil. It's another fascinating interview into how public transit is done in Brazil, especially their innovative bus rapid transit system. If you'd like to reach us with a comment or a question or want to be a guest on the show, email us at info at Please take a moment to rate and review Transit Unplugged. This helps other people find Transit Unplugged and become part of our greater transit community. Transit Unplugged is brought to you by Medaxo. At Medaxo, we're passionate about moving the world's people. And at Transit Unplugged, we're passionate about telling those stories. So until next week, ride safe and ride happy.